Hey, what's going on? You're listening to episode two of the Ram Report. Hey, what's going on? We back, man. Episode two. You know, you, you ready? You ready? We, uh... Episode two. <laughs> what you gonna do? So we, we got some good topics for y'all, man. Again, uh, we gonna try to keep it relatively short, 30 to 45 minutes. Um, we gonna jump into it. Uh, first one is Duncan, but I got a slight digression. You know, it's All-Star Weekend. Just, just passed. Uh... I'm slightly hurt because hometown Dennis Smith Jr. didn't come home with the dunk championship trophy. We share the same pain, Ray. I'm hurt. We share the same pain, man. I'm hurt. I had the snacks ready. You know what I'm saying? Dennis come up. I was already hurt. Clay lost in the, uh, the three-point jump. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker did his thing. Shout out to Devin Shout out to Booker. Booker. You know what I'm saying? So, Dennis get up. You know, he got the jersey on. I ain't never seen that jersey that they had on. It was tough. Come out, 360, clang that thing. <laughs> it hurt me. Right. You know, he come back. I feel like I feel like they didn't give him a... They didn't, they didn't, they didn't grade that second dunk the right way. Now, if he would have stayed with the first dunk and made it the second time, would he have gotten a better grade? I think so, man. I... I think so, man. It's just a simple fact that, like, number one, man, like, I got to come at Cali. Yeah, yeah, he. If at any point in time in your life you were not able to touch the rim or you look like you were never able to smack phone. Ever. Or, I mean, Cali, you never played above the rim, brother. Like, I don't even play. I mean, my we, man. We saw the clips. We, you we, we the best. You right. know what I'm saying? I feel you, but, like, the first three or four dunks you judge, it, it kind of altered the contest, man. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you look at the first one, even though he did the, the cock back and he tucked the second one, that's still a tough dunk. He's still 6'2". He should have got a 42, man. Right. And it should have been him and Mitchell in the end because that's what the people wanted to see. Right. Two smaller players by NBA standards, right? Uh, just kind of going for it all. Uh, but you know, Khaled, I can see why he was there. You know, Nike sponsored the league. Jumpman basically sponsored the whole All Star weekend. Khaled is a Jumpman dude. You know what I mean? So you know, still in the meeting. <laughs> you know, he, he got, he got, he got all them Jays. The Jays be fresh too. So shout out to Khaled, but she did our, did our boy dirty. Yeah, um, man, I, I was hurt, man. I was hurt. You can tell. You tell Dennis was slight salty on the oh yeah 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 on, on, on sideline yeah. man he was checking it out because I think I think he had some stuff we wasn't gonna see because for him to pull out the reverse three sixty between he the he had legs, to have something else after he that he threw it in he that was slight he threw it in I'm just looking like that was the second dunk like that right. was crazy man it was crazy but um, I think that that helps us segue into our first topic of the day um, Duncan. Right? So, we want to talk about Duncan. Why is it the most powerful shot in basketball? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and look at my co-host, Ant. Let you lead it off. I got it, Ray! <laughs> um, for me, you know what I'm saying? It's four areas. Mm-hmm. It's four areas in which I feel like Duncan is the most powerful shot in basketball. Um, I think one thing we do here on the Ram Report is, like, we try to break down everything to its finest detail. Mm-hmm. Um, 
um, with our topics, and we try to talk about real basketball things where, you know, where some people don't know, you know, they can learn or whatever the case may be, like, because we're here to just share information with people. Right. You know about the game we love, so my take on it, here we go. Um, first reason why is it's the strongest, most powerful finish in basketball. Right. Like when it comes to when it comes to making plays on the basketball court, um, sometimes you can pull up and shoot a three. Sometimes you can shoot a floater. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you may need to finesse, use a layup. But there's sometimes you got to go over and through people. Right. You know what I'm saying? So to physically jump over somebody or jump in the air and slam the ball through the rim, like that's the most powerful shot in basketball. Like that's hard to stop. Like if you go to the rim and you dunk it, it's rare. That somebody's gonna block it, but even if people do, like it's harder. That takes more effort. Right. So that's number one. You know what I'm saying? One of the toughest shots to guard. All right. Number two. Number two. Um, I'm gonna go with roll call. What I mean by roll call, and that's being unknown. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is if you come into a tournament or you play in pickup or you playing basketball anywhere, right? And and nobody knows who you are. You were the last pick. If you dunk the basketball, immediately people are going to know who you are. Immediately you're going to get the ball more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Immediately it's going to bring attention to yourself. Especially if you do it more than more than once or twice in a game. You get four dunks in a game, like somebody's going to ask who you are. Right. The crowd is going to be involved. Like they're going to they're going to look at you like, "Whoa, like who is this? I didn't know he got bounced." You know right, right. That's going to follow you for about 2 weeks. You continue to do it in the world to get out in the city. You know right. what I'm saying? You got bounce. So, number one, powerful shot, tough finish. Number two, um, number two, uh, what did you say? Roll call. Roll call, like people, um, people knowing who you are. Number three, momentum changing play. That's big. Momentum changing play. Like I remember talking to um, my AAU team last summer, just. Just talking to him about defense and just talking to him about offense and getting out and running the floor. I'm like, guys, like, for the team that we have, like, think about how many dunks we got. I think at that point we was, like, maybe getting, like, only, like, one or two dunks a game. And that was disappointing because it's like the dunk brings energy. You can be down 10, get a dunk, three plays later, four plays later, it's a tie game. Or you're, you're knocking on the door to take the lead. Right. You can have the lead. It can be a close game. You get it done, and all of a sudden, you go on a 10-2 run. Now, you go from a tie game, you know what I'm saying, up 8 or 10, almost ready to put the game away. So, at any point in time in the game, especially with certain players, like, it becomes electric. Right. Right. And, and so, and, and even even with that, like, to piggyback off that, the momentum swing is big, right? Because it's one of those things that you can't add statistics to, right? You can't add the numbers and say, oh, it's minus this or plus that. It's literally one of those things, and, and if you watch basketball like we watch basketball, you see it happen all the time. Somebody gets dunked on, and it changes the entire environment. It changes the entire facet of the game. All of a sudden, the team that just got dunked on is super deflated, and the other team goes on, like like you said, the 10-2 run. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy how something that is seemingly so simple has such a powerful effect on, on what could be an outcome. Yeah, man. And then the last one, the last one we're gonna go to, man, is fear. I um, I meant to share this, to share light on this, um, in, in the beginning when we first started talking about the dunking section. But um, me and Ray, we're very energetic. We love the game. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's gonna be more than words. It's gonna be sounds as right. well. Right. Sounds are gonna be involved with the name of something, and sometimes we may replace it with just the sound 
but you're still going to know what that means. Right. So when it comes to fear, what I mean by fear is, let's set the scene. It's warm-ups. Let's say it's an AAU tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Big Shot Raleigh. You're playing that Garner Road. Mm-hmm. You have Team Loaded, who usually comes to that tournament, you know, plays one game and showcase a game. Right. They're playing against... Let's say a local team from Roxboro or right. something. Roxboro right? Lizards. Yeah. <laughs> Roxboro Lizards. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. You know what I'm saying? All right. Roxboro Titans. All right. So they look down. Team Lotus in warm-up lines. All of a sudden, the first three people. Rat. 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 What I mean by rat is, like, that's a duck. So when I just sit, when I just said the sound... So if somebody comes down, fast break, wide open, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That means duck. A lot of my players know what that means. Right. So audience, I'm just trying to share that with you. Right. That's the passionate energy right. behind that. Because that just happened in warm-ups, if this is a team that was already second-guessing themselves, or if this was a team where players didn't have any confidence, all of a sudden they're deflated. Yep. They're automatically going to think defeat. They're automatically going to become scared. They're not even going to want to play. A lot of times, you know... Kids are are not focused on getting or, or getting their mind prepared for the game or right. really warming up, and they're looking around in the stands. If you look back and you see a guy go between the legs in the stands and he throws it in, you're going to think about that as a player. You're going to go, I don't, yep. I don't know what's and going it, on. It doesn't help none that the crowd, you know what I mean, pays extra attention to the leg right. lines now too, right? Right. A la Zion Williamson, you know, shout out to Zion, committed to Duke. Uh, people are literally watching his layup line dunks. So as an opposing team, you can't help but to look back and see what he's doing, right? Like it's and it's it's already kind of deflating, especially the competition he's playing. I mean, no disrespect, Zion is who he is. He's going he's going to continue to dominate even at the next level. But like when you look at some of the teams he play, you know they was looking at them like, I don't want to get dunked on. I don't I don't want those problems. You know what I mean? Like so it's absolutely. Something that could be deflating, you know, just kind of, or, or just an intimidating factor right out the gate. I think so, man. I think so, man. So, uh, moving on, man. We'll try to get to topic number two. Um, I think this is going to be very interesting. Um, this one may ruffle some feathers, but in this day and time, it's something we need to talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, definitely because, like, the impact that this has on players, on coaches on the game is big um and that next topic is parents how to conduct yourself at the game right so i mean i think one of the things i thought about uh, is specifically for this topic is what you mentioned on the last episode and you know how everybody has to be on one accord with the player right the aau coach the high school coach mm-hmm. the trainer mm-hmm. um and the parents mm-hmm. um so when we talk about the parents right it, it's just being around basketball as much as we are, we see that's not a lot, but you have your your pick of the litter where it's just like some of those parents that get outrageous, right? And it's just crazy because they're in the stands, they're they're yelling at their kid, they're yelling at the kid's coach, they're cursing out any and everybody, they probably starting to fight in the stands. Like it's just you know you, you gotta relax, mm-hmm. you know. Like it's just you know one make sure you're on the same page with the coach, right? Because I've seen parents in the stands, you know, killing the, the high school or AAU coach, telling, talking about they don't know what he's doing or, you know, I need to move my son or this and that. And at the end of the day, they never move him, right? 
the kid always finishes out the season or and 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 now the parent looks ridiculous. It's even worse during AAU season when you have college coaches lined up on the sideline mm-hmm. and you in the stands wilding out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's important that you try to conduct yourselves in the most I don't want to say professional manner because it is a game, right? But you want to you don't want to be that parent where if you know your son is getting any kind of collegiate attention and a college coach is watching and then all of a sudden you in the stands hollering, making a fool of yourself, and then the college coach starts to whisper, whose parent is that? And they find out it's the kid that they're looking at, scratch them off the list. Yeah, that's a tough situation to be in because honestly, man, like just to let everybody know out there uh, what's going on is the truth of the matter is coaches do talk. And if it gets to a point where your behavior is becoming a distraction or it's known or you always have to have something to say where it's like making a scene and they're going to talk and the kid can get labeled, you know what I'm saying, as parents are out of control or mm-hmm. maybe a little bit crazy, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and the reality of it is, is you have to really look at your child's situation because if he's really not um, a high-profile player or, you know, a high-major kid, what I mean by that is a kid that has over... 10 offers, a kid that, you know, big major conference, Pac-12, ACC, you know what I'm saying, uh, SEC, like, if schools from those conferences are not recruiting him and he's one of those borderline kids, right. like, that can be the difference in him not going to school. Right. You know, and uh, I want to piggyback off you, Ray, and kind of break it down is from a player's perspective. Um, for me, what I want to kind of talk about is the kid. Um for those of, uh, of you that, that that mostly know me, like y'all know, I played basketball, high school basketball in this area, Southeast Rather High School. Mm-hmm. Um, for John Baker, um, great coach, um, great mentor. Um, more than basketball, I think he prepared us for life. Um, but just speaking on that, like at the same time, if you know me, you also know my father, Paul Simmons, the OG. What up to Paul? Shout out to Paul. What's good? Dad? Shout out to Mr. Simmons. You know what I'm saying? But like, I'm a, I'm just gonna keep it real. Um, Paul was a fool. Paul, wait, Paul was one of the people we talking about right now. Listen, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna keep it real. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't in a bad way, but my dad was 100 percent invested. Right. So when you really when you really look at it, like I mean, he put his his money and his time into something I told him he loved. So like he held me to a different standard. Right. Like me thinking I had a good game and my dad saying I had a good game. Could be two totally different things. He was my worst critic and my biggest cheerleader. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, as a player, like, if you look at it, like, think about it. Like, so, okay, so, I'm in the game. Basketball is my getaway. It's my passion. It's what I love to do. Mm-hmm. Of course, I want to win. You know what I'm saying? I want to be, you know, have a good game. All those different things that I want out of it. So, then it's game time. Right. All right. I got my dad. He's yelling, yo. You know, you're not playing hard enough. You're not doing this. Right. He, he's saying this. Then I look at Coach Baker. Coach Baker's saying, you're not guarding full court. You're not denying your man. Good shot, bad shot. What you doing out there? Then I got what I want to do. Right. Then I got a couple of the homeboys, you know what I'm saying, in the third row behind the bench. They're like, why you not in the game? Why you not doing this in the third? Right. Like, 
that's three, four separate things going on at one time. And I got to focus on, at the same time, five dudes guarding me and <laughs> right. trying to make sure all five, five people on my team know the play or getting the ball in the air they want to be in. So as a player, like, it become very hard. You know what I'm saying? It can become very hard if you're pulling from a lot of different directions, man. And when you're out there, like, you want to be in total control. Yeah, I mean, uh, that sounds like a, a, a true rock and hard place, right? Because it's just like, you got to listen to Mr. Simmons, right? Because mm-hmm. that's your dad. And he know what he's talking about. That that that's a big that's a big difference right there. You know, having a parent who's who understands, may have played the game, yelling from the stands and trying to tell you what to do. But at the same time, again, back to episode one, was Mr. Simmons on the same page with Coach Bake? You know what I mean? Like, and also, Mr. Simmons would put hands <laughs> on the subject. Let me talk. So we to gotta you. put. Let me talk to you for a minute. Yeah. So we gotta. You know what I'm saying? We gotta put that in perspective. Right. You know what I'm saying like. Like, he has the ability to, hey, that's what's up. Like, you stay at my house, though. Right, like, right. So, you know, that, 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 that he that's gets, a different extreme. He, right gets, there, he gets final say. That's then, a different extreme. That's the guy who would feed you. Right? Yeah, right, right, <laughs> so, right. Allowance. Right, allowance. The mics, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Freedom. Team. You know, he, he controls all that. You know, he controls all that. So, so it's tough. And at the same time, to like, to kind of, to kind of, like, Spend that too, man. I think the main thing we got to look at parents is, is just educate yourself. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, educate yourself on on this whole thing that you're embarking on, this basketball journey with your child. Like, because, like, this is what it really boils down to. You're upset for a reason. Right. Because if your child, let's say, was averaging 20 points a game, his team was winning, his stats was there, you really wouldn't be upset. Right. So that's obviously an issue or a problem. So, A, like we said in episode one, players and coaches and parents got to be on the same page. Right. B, parents need to really understand what type of kid they have, mm-hmm. what he's good at, what he's bad at. You know, really research, see what's going on. Like, like see the route. Like, put him in a position where he's at a school where he's either going to make the team and get playing time or the situation for him is good for you before the season starts. At this point, I mean, I ain't trying to really go there, but I mean, you you right. know if your kid is gonna play or not when he gets there, if he right. has a chance. Yeah. So these things shouldn't be a surprise to you. You know what I'm saying? And enough parents now, or has been going on for the last four or five years, are placing their kids specifically in situations where they can play. So, right. I mean, at this point, like you should know. You know what I'm saying? And then just like make sure they're getting better. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Make sure you're getting better. Like. Make sure you have them in the hands of the right people. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, all those things go into play of ultimately your behavior. Because, of like like I said, if the school was good, if he was getting playing time, you know what I'm saying? Like, it could control, like, how upset you are and your actions, you know what I'm saying, like, in the stands. Because, I mean, uh, we ain't saying you got to you gotta sit there and be quiet and act like you at an right. orchestra right. or something. Right. You know what I'm Church saying? But, yeah. uh, but, I mean, at the same time, you could sure have fun. But, like, just don't become a distraction to the point where... You, your behavior or what you do becomes a conversation about a school choosing your child. Right. And then also, a child. also for the parents who don't know, right? Because, I mean, like, I, I've seen a lot of them. Quick, quick example. I was, I was at a tournament and... Shout out to Deer Park, man. That was yeah. crazy. That was crazy <laughs> right there. I was at a tournament. I was mad thirsty. And, um, 
a mother comes up to me and she's like, hey, um, you know, ask me what I do. I told her, you know, what I did, media service, I evaluate kids, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, all right, well, can you keep an eye on my son? And I was like, all right, well, what grade is he in? She's like, he's a, he's a, a rising senior. Okay. Are any schools looking at him right now? Not, not really, not that I know. I said, okay, well, what school does he want to go to? No disrespect to the lady, right? She was very, very polite, very nice. But she said Duke University. I started, I, I didn't really know <laughs> what to tell her. I, I want to, like, I don't want to crush a dream, right? Right. But at the same time, I don't want to be out here lying to folks. And I was like, you know, the best answer I can give her at that point was, that's a stretch. And she I got can, upset? No, no, she was cool. Um, I, But I can... I can tell she has no idea what it takes to play at a certain level. And, you know, it, it was just that I had to let her know, like, you know, all right, look, it's a great academic school. If you can get in on academic, absolutely. But if your son was good enough to play at, they would already know who he is. Yeah, like right now. Right now. Like, it, right it, now. It's basically... It's rare you sneak up on dude. Right. And, you know, just, I mean... Again, I don't want to be a dream killer, right? I don't, and, and knock that shit off, you know, like, no. <laughs> but at the same time, it's just the best way to do it is educate yourself. I mean, the internet is is key, right? Look it up. Look at a Duke practice, right? Look at look at some of the players going to Duke, right? It's just... it's Look at their resume before they get the Duke offer because right. you can see it. A lot of these guys playing USA basketball in eighth and ninth grade representing right. the United States. You know what I'm saying? They go into certain camps. Like, right. I mean, it's it's a legit business. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you got to understand that. I try to tell my players this all the time. Basketball is one of those things where, like, you can be at a certain level mentally in the fifth or sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Yep. And your body just has to catch up. But mentally, you can show an understanding clear above others mm-hmm. if, you, if you understand how to play the game. Like, you can go to a little 10 and 12 year old league game at a rec center, and if a kid is advanced, he will stand out. Easily. Easily. Like if he does just a few certain things. Like if he just at that age understands how to jump stop, understands how to pivot, and understands how to shoot it properly, lay up with both hands, like he arguably could go for 30 points yeah. in, in, in a game like that, you know, depending on who he's playing against. So it's like, it's one of those things where if you start to get it early, you can. You can be at a college level mentally in the seventh or eighth grade. Yeah, you know what I'm saying playing basketball. Yeah, I mean, and, and the, the thing is, I mean, you know, us coming up, you know, we only knew what we knew because of where we were. Right, there wasn't access to the entire planet like we have now. Like, yeah, it's not, not as much. It's at our fingertips. You could see what these elite players are doing right now. YouTube, you know, let me see a Marvin Bagley workout, and, and you can watch how he how he works out. This is one of the best players in the country. Probably going to be a number one draft pick. You know, same thing for Zion Williamson and any other of these, you know, top 10 ESPN kids. But, you know, enough about that. I mean, I think I think we said enough about the parents. Right. I want to go ahead and segue into it. So I had, I had a topic of college recruiting uh, with two subtopics, but I think the last one could be a topic, so a separate topic. So uh, first one we're going to talk about is players making the right choice. What does that mean? And, and, let me elaborate on that. I see a lot of time adults telling kids 
you need to make the right choice when it comes to choosing a college for athletes and uh, specifically basketball, obviously. But it it bothers me that we as adults put such a burden on these kids telling them to make the right choice. And it's like, you know, these kids ain't just, you know, drawing straws and saying, all right, I'm going to go here. And yes, some kids go to schools for the names, for the jersey, for, you know, for the TV time. I mm-hmm. get that. But not all of them do. All of them usually go based on <clears throat> what they think they know. You, you get ready? You ready? Get ready for right, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to hit you with the assist. You know, boom, no look. You know what I mean? Go ahead. Let, let the people know. Um, Pastor Simmons, um, <laughs> it's time to come to the altar. Um, you know, I just got a message for the people. You know, um, I honestly, when it comes to the right choice, I think it, once again, you know, I'm a detailed guy. I think it, it goes back, and it's a question before that. And I think the question you have to answer first is, as a kid, like, what do you do it for? Right. Um, like me, when I was a kid, when I first got introduced to the game, I wanted to make it to the NBA. Like, that's what I did it for. Like, my goal was I wanted to make it to the NBA. Like, no lie. When I was 10, my goal was to play for Oak Hill <laughs> before I left high school, um, play in the little Glaxo tournament, go to an ACC school, and make it to the NBA. Like, that was my dream. That's what I practiced for every day. Like, saw Oak Hill at the, uh, what used to call it, the Glaxo. Yeah, shout out to Oak Hill. Yeah, it's um, a John Wall classic. Now. Yeah, I think John, the first time I saw them play, I think this was like 1995, like Ron Mercer was mm. their guy. And he went to Kentucky. So just to let you know um, how long ago I knew about Oak Hill. And, wow. You know, yeah. all that, all those different things. Like I was a pup, like elementary school, and I went to see those guys play. Matter of fact, and I think he's played against Tim Thomas, who went to Patterson Catholic in New Jersey. And he went to Villanova for one year, mm-hmm. went to the NBA. And I really remember Tim Thomas because he had the Concord song. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he was 6'8". Fresh. 6'8", he had the Concordians on. Yeah. He was out there with the hesitation. But I was like, yo, he's tough. I don't know who that is. <laughs> but he got the mics on. He's tough. But um, what I'm saying is, like, I, I knew what I wanted to do. You know, did that happen? Uh, obviously, no. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, but brother had a, a brother had big dreams. You know, brother had dreams, but like in each level, you know, everywhere I turn, like I, I always had a goal. Like right now, I have a, a certain goal with with this and coaching of where I want to do and where I want to take me. So ultimately, to kind of fast forward, um, I think parents and players have to understand what their what their goal is. Like, is it NBA or whatever case may be? Because now. You understand what making it can help you understand what making the right choice is for you. Right. Then right. you gotta look at all right, what level am I? Then that can help you with what is the right choice for you because this is the thing that bothers me. Right now, this choice is strictly based off ninety nine point eight percent basketball and the name of the school I'm playing at. Right. And if it's Division One. It has nothing to do with if this school has my major. It has nothing to do with, like, all right, okay, if basketball doesn't work, what can this, what else does this school offer mm-hmm. that can help me become successful? What's plan B? Right. Because nothing we, wrong with plan right, B. Right, because we got kids, like, and know this, like, 
We got kids that are only getting recruited by JUCOs. Mm-hmm. And they really talking, yo, NBA, NBA, NBA. Like, yo, come on, son. Like, right. like yo, put... Like, you got to really put yourself in perspective. Like, I'm not saying you can't go to the NBA out of JUCO. Because everybody's journey is different. But you have to be realistic. Players and parents have to be realistic. Because what y'all not really putting the account for is student loans. I got and, those. And, and, they and, ugly. And I don't think what y'all understand is the name of this game should be, and that's why I love, shout out to other programs. Like, I know Redstone, we preach this. But I think one of the first programs was social media. And it was really pumping no student loans as Team Felton. Team Felton. Shout out to Fred so, 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 shout out to them. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, that's what it's really about. Like, are you are you teaching your young men that if they don't use this as a tool, along with their academics, right, to get a free education and become successful whether basketball works or not, you're going to start your life out at 23 or 24 having to owe the government $100,000. That's minimum usually, right? Especially now. So what? So what are we really talking about? Right. Like all this, like NBA, NBA, like dude, it's only four hundred and thirty people in the world that's in this. Overseas is getting harder. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? All these like it's tough. So you really got to put in perspective what you're really doing it for. And now, if you want to go back to the right choice for basketball, wise, like it's obvious, man. Like it's just like that girl. Or anybody that likes you. When people like you or people want you, people show you extreme attention. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you may have a D1 that's looking at you. That guy may hit you once every two weeks. You can tell you, you're his back burner guy. Right. Then you may have a D2 that's calling you every week, every day, asking you to come to campus, giving you a T-shirt, bringing your family around. Son, that's where you need to go. Mm-hmm. That's where you need to go. Because they really want you. People that are telling you things like you're going to play as a freshman. Mm-hmm. We envision you being an all-time scorer here. Mm-hmm. We envision you being a, a conference player here by the time you're a junior. That means you're going to play at that school. Like, if they're barely recruiting you, like, this, what, what people don't understand is this college recruiting thing is real life. Right. What you have to understand is people lie. And... and- so it's a slight digression because, you know, if you are good enough to make it to the high major Division One, Shout out to Dick Paul. Right. <laughs> are you still a student athlete or now you're an athlete student? Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. I'm getting ahead of whoa. myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. Come on, Reel it back in. Reel it back wow. in. Give me the rock back. All right. Come on, but, son. But, so, like, <laughs> what... what one of the things that I'm hearing you say, and I want kids to take note of, and parents and trainers, is pay attention to to the type of attention you're getting. Don't shun anything below a Division One school, because I mean, I mean, pay attention to history, right? It's usually kept low, but you can't keep it too low anymore because of social media. But like some of these D2s come in here and smash these D1s. Right, and it's just like these are the same schools that you shun, right? And, and and what you know, if I'm speaking honestly, you probably can't hold the candle to none of these kids at, at that next level. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to be careful in just saying 
Nah, it's D1 only. Again, we're not trying to be on here crushing dreams and saying, you not D1, don't don't even think about it. If that's your goal, work toward it. But at the same time, pay attention to what's going on around you. See if that's the goal that's still in play. See if coaches agree with you in your, you know, in your thoughts of of are you Division One, and if not, go to the next best thing. And man, the thing that 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 we all got to keep in perspective is, guys, it's just like it's a blessing to play basketball after high school, and that's what Absolutely. we have to understand and look at. Like, there's a lot of people that made mistakes that are not playing and wish they could go back and redo their senior year mm-hmm. or redo their ninth grade year and fix their grades to have an opportunity to lace them up one more time in college no matter what it is or where it is. And, you know, you got to stop looking at the labels and everything because playing in college is earned. It's not given. Yep. Like, um, one of my mentors, my coach at Voyager, um, Coach Mike Up, he always says, like, one of the big things he always tells our guys when we preach at Voyager and our program is, you have to earn the right to be disappointed. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, uh, Talk about that. What's that mean? Like, you got to earn the right to be upset. Like, a lot of kids don't think, they they, 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 they don't understand why they didn't get that Division One offer. And the Division One offer comes from 10 plus years of work, minimum. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, how interested were you in basketball when you were nine, when you were eight years old? Mm-hmm. Like, did you, did you, were you still trying to just go one way or learn how to dribble with one hand? Or were you trying to dribble with both hands? Like, learn the game. Like, last week we were talking about learning the rules. Like, if you've been putting in work, like work since the sixth grade, and you don't get a Division one offer, but you come up short and you get a D2, D3, then you can be disappointed. Gotcha. So kind of just, but if you just started playing in the ninth grade, and you just shot once or twice a week, played pickup at the Y. Right. What you sad about? What like how, what work did you put in? So let's try to get rid of that sense. Yeah, because there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of kids that, and I, I might I might touch I might touch some nerves with the players now, and some trainers. But I, I love all y'all. Right. I, I'm one too. It's just like, how many times do you work on your game? How many times do kids out here now work on their game without their trainer? Meaning like, if somebody's not pushing you. Yeah. Meaning they. Left, they work. They're not at practice. They're not with their trainer. They're at home in their own backyard. They tie their shoes up themselves. They go outside and they work on their game by themselves. Because that's what you used to see in the nineties and the eighties. Well, because it wasn't, you know, this wasn't again the the access to trainers wasn't like that, right? Like the way I got good literally was dribbling a ball in the middle of the street. Shout out to my neighbors who complained all the time. But I used to be seven to ten, easy dribbling. dribbling well, I'm, I'm gonna pull one of yours though, son. I think that's just the real love of the game, mm-hmm. because this is my argument, and this is another topic for another day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you look at high school teams now, when I played, the tenth guy on the bench really could get twenty. Right. The tenth guy on the bench now, no diss. He can't get you too. Right. Like, yeah. He, and you could. He it's don't, rare. He don't, he don't even pass the look test. Right. Right. <laughs> right. 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 You know what I'm saying? And I just think that's the love of the game. I yeah. feel like it was a lot of guys out here that really loved it. Like, these kids out here say they love it. 
but they don't love it, man. No, like they don't understand what that word really even means, man. It's too much. It's too many other things that they involved. In. And again, we're not telling you you can't have a life outside of basketball if you're trying to play the league. You know, basketball. You might want to make basketball the only thing you do. But I mean, I mean, there's plenty of people who made it to the league who play video games, who in, you know enjoy life, whatever. But what they did do was make sure that. Getting better was a number one priority. Like, you know, you, you look at somebody like Donovan Mitchell, and you, you can just tell. You can just tell. That's a dude who probably watches hours upon hours of film, who's always in the gym, putting up 500 to 1,000 makes, who's always working on his handle, who's getting his body right. Like, it's just it's And, just like, he's it. still working on his game right now, though. Like, right. during the season. Like... When you look at him and you hear him talk, when you just listen to, I watched the interview in the dunk contest, you just heard him talk. You can tell after he finished that, he probably went in the hoop, son. Right. He probably didn't even go out. He probably, yeah. He, he, he probably, probably went and got shot set, son. He's too young to go out, too. Real but, talk. Yeah. Real talk. He probably like, you know what? It's a cool night. Let me go, let me go shoot some just to shoot some greens. Right. shoot. And, you know, again, that that's, that's the whole blessing. I mean, you know, you fall in love with basketball and then, you know, life hits you. And, you know, there's some distractions, some things that are not distractions but need attention. And it's just, you know. Priorities, man. You always got to keep basketball at the forefront. You know, if you whatever you can squeak it in, do it. Um, that's, that's, that's the topic on, you know, making the right choice. Uh, again, just to recap, educate yourself. Uh, one thing I, I haven't said, and I, I want to make sure I get this point across, is if you if you are fortunate enough to get Division One interest, legit interest, not interest letters, but coaches calling you, ask the questions that you want to ask. Don't be silent. Don't make assumptions. Don't you know try to decrypt their their words and their messages. Ask questions. How many minutes do you see me playing? What role will you use me for? How do you see me improving? What do I need to improve on now? Just That's just the tip of the iceberg. You have to talk to them like you would talk to your friend. Because the, if you show the intimidation, what you have to understand that this, this is a business. And once you become 18 or 19, you have to understand you're at an age now where people can take advantage of you. Right. And that's just not saying the college coach. That's anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like Once you show fear or hesitation... There's people that's smart enough to pick up on that and know how to like just get what they want from you. Yep. At the end of the game, at the end of the day, like that coach, you know what I'm saying? Like, who knows what he gets for getting you? Right. Who knows? You never know with all this stuff going on these days. So you need to educate yourself and make sure that if you scratching his back, he damn sure scratching your back. They got, and, and like, there's period. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And and you know, it's just you don't want to fast forward. And be a statistic and be like, you know, oh, he another kid transferring. You look at the transfer list, transfer rate right now is crazy. And, of course, naturally, everybody puts it on the kids, right? No education. <laughs> and it's just like, well, is it all the kids? No education. Is it the, <laughs> is it the coaches? What, was it, what, what were the conversations had? What was said? So make sure players, parents do your part so you can avoid that scenario. Um, we had one more topic, man, but I think we run out of time. 
Uh, we can save it for save it for episode three. Episode three, where you gonna be, <laughs> man? Uh, we gonna wrap it up here, man. Episode three. Thanks for tuning in, man. We out. Yeah. Hey, it was good, y'all. Um, it's Ray Mason at one half of the Ram Report. Make sure y'all check out my website www.ramprospects.com. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. Ram underscore prospects. Uh, show me some love. Um, this is the other half. Sean Kemp. Like, <laughs> AKA Ant Simmons, man. Follow me on Instagram at coach underscore Ant underscore Simmons. And follow me on Twitter. I've, 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 I've taken an absence, but I'm back. I'm about to kick the door in um, at, OG, um, at OG underscore Red Storm. On Twitter.com. Man. Yeah, he he a fashion dude too. He always got the fresh kicks. So y'all y'all make sure y'all. I mean, I just try to be you know. I'm trying to do what I do. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Raleigh, you know what I'm saying. Real Raleigh, OG, you know what I'm saying. Not Lane. Just want to put that out there. Hey, we out. <laughs>